0: Welcome to Two Peds in a Pod, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Rostein.
1: And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg.
0: And we are pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California.
1: Hi, you've reached Two Peds in a Pod. Leave your question about your child's health at the beep.
0: Hello, this is Mark from Davis, California. I have two teenage sons, and ever since the marijuana laws have come in, I've noticed it's a little more obvious, uh, the usage in their peer groups. So the questions I have, is marijuana a gateway drug to more serious drugs? Secondly, what are the long-term effects of excessive marijuana usage in this age group? And any recommendations you have for parents uh, to discuss this with their children?
1: You know, I knew this was going to come up. And it's funny because here in California, sometimes you're walking around and you just like can smell all this marijuana in public spaces. It's really kind of weird. Yeah,
0: I mean, a lot has changed. And I'm so glad this question came up because, like you're saying, over the last few years, policies and attitudes have changed so much about marijuana. And we're getting this question from our parents more and more. There's a ton of new evidence and studies that have been done looking into marijuana and its effects. That's
1: right. And I've seen studies that look into everything from how exposure can affect a fetus during pregnancy to breastfeeding to teen use and how use can affect a person later in life.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this topic, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding it as well. But let's start with the basics, Dr. Dean. What is marijuana and how is it typically used?
1: Well, I know marijuana is derived from a cannabis plant, and usually the plant's leaves and flowers are harvested, dried, and then it can be smoked or used in other ways. People are getting way more inventive with the ways marijuana can be used and the different names for it. I mean, how can you even keep them straight?
0: <laughs> I know. And that's when you're talking to your teens. You don't know what they're talking about. I went to Wikipedia when I was preparing for this episode, and there were over a thousand slang terms for marijuana. Some that most people might recognize would be pot, weed, grass, reefer, bud, Mary Jane, even skunk. The list goes on, and really, we could talk about just the names for an entire podcast.
1: (laughs) Kids these days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's not just kids. It's adults, too. And kids, adults, teenagers, they're consuming marijuana in new ways. Smoking. So like using a pipe or um, rolling them into a joint or a bong would still be some of the most common kinds, ty- types of usage. But they are also vaporizing and things, other things are becoming more popular, like edible.
1: So like edibles, like like brownies? I mean, I've heard of that.
0: Yeah. Edibles are slang for baking marijuana um, into brownies, but they also have things like they're making chewing gum. They're putting it on into topical solutions. They're making sodas with cannabis. You're kidding. No, I swear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a list. And I'm sure with its increasing availability, that list will continue to grow. But- Let's step back for a second and talk about marijuana, what's in it that gives people the feeling of getting high, the intoxication that makes it so popular.
0: Yeah. So the psychoactive component in cannabis is tetrahydrocannabinol. I'm
1: glad you said that because that's quite a mouthful.
0: <laughs> yeah. The more familiar abbreviation that most people would know is THC. I've heard of that. Yeah. And THC is just one of nearly 500 compounds within the plant, including um, including 65 other cannabinoids. One of the most popular that we know about is CBD or cannabidiol.
1: So I've seen CBD products, and one of these, I think, was recently in the news related to seizures or something.
0: Yeah, so there's a medication that was recently FDA-approved called Epidiolex, and it's a CBD derivative that helps treat kids with uh, medically refractory epilepsy. That means that other normal medications that treat seizures wouldn't work for these kids.
1: So parents, I know some parents felt that this worked for their kids, and they really pushed to get it legalized yeah. so that they could give it to their kids so they would still having convulsions.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, this was a really important step because there was a really great study that looked in these kids, and it did show uh, about 50% reduction in seizures in this specific population. But I always caution parents that this is a very unique population. These are kids that are having seizures, multiple seizures every hour. They're usually on about five medications already that would treat seizures, and they're not working. So it's definitely not approved, and it's not first line for a kid that you know, has very occasional seizures or things like that.
1: Well, let's get back to um, THC, which is what makes people get high, right?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: So I was reading a study that looked at how the concentration of the psychoactive compound THC has changed and that it's significantly increased from an average of 4% in the 80s to 12% like now.
0: Yeah, that's a big jump. I mean, back when you were growing up, that's maybe why people weren't uh, <laughs> weren't uh, getting as high as they are now. But this is a huge increase. And I think that this increase in THC is one of the main reasons that we're seeing more side effects these days.
1: Well, let's talk about where marijuana stands from a legal standpoint, because I know here in California, there was a proposition that passed in 2016. And this expanded use to allow recreational marijuana for people over 21. And in California, we'd had medical marijuana for a while, but now pretty much everybody can do it. And what's going on in other states?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Recreational marijuana, like it's legal here in California, is only legal in nine other states. But the medical use, like you were talking about, is legal in a lot more. So in 31 states, you can use cannabis with a doctor's note saying that you need it. Um, in all of the other states, so not the nine where it's legal for recreational use and medical use, and then the other 31 where it's just medical use. In all other states, it's still illegal, but if you're caught with marijuana or you're smoking marijuana, the consequences are different in each of those states.
1: Well, tell us which of the nine states um, is the recreational use of cannabis legal?
0: Yeah, so right now it's Alaska, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, plus Washington, D.C.
1: Okay, and I remember Colorado was kind of a leader in this area because they kind of did a lot of the regulations and for- formulated the regulations for legal use of marijuana, right? Yeah,
0: they were one of the first ones. And so a lot of the studies we're going to talk about today that come from Colorado, because they've done a lot of studies um, based on their policies from before this was enacted to after.
1: Well, great. So we've got a track record to Mm -hmm. follow. But let's talk about here in California, where now any adult can go to a marijuana dispensary and just purchase marijuana products, right?
0: Yeah, that's totally right. I, I remember when the dispensaries opened and I was driving home and I saw this line around a building and I asked my fiance, Tom, I was like, what's that new place? And he's like, that's a dispensary. I was like, oh my gosh. And do you know the person who sells the marijuana, what that person's called?
1: I don't know, a sales associate or something?
0: Budtender.
1: No, like a bartender.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I have to say, it's just like a new world out there, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we've got to get used to it. And that's why we're talking about it.
1: So I imagine there's some consequences that have come from legalization when it comes to kids.
0: Yeah, you're right. So let's talk about the consequences, but I also want to talk about the benefits. So a lot of supporters out there say legalization of marijuana is great because it boosts the state's economy through tax revenues, more jobs.
1: So that's because it's not underground anymore, so the state can like follow the the sales and all.
0: Yeah, and they tax it at a high rate, so it brings the state a lot of money. So
1: that's good. That's
0: a benefit. It also decriminalizes marijuana and it gets minor offenders out of prison so that our law enforcement can spend their time focusing on larger community issues
1: Mm -hmm. and what about like regulation
0: yeah so they can regulate the things like the concentration of thc make sure that there's not any other chemicals that are put into the marijuana so theoretically it should make the product safer so
1: like quality control exactly so those are benefits but what about the downsides
0: With increased availability, we're seeing an increase in different things. So we're seeing an increase in accidental ingestion of this in younger kids. Teenagers also have more access to this. So we're seeing earlier addiction and their perception of the risks of marijuana is changing.
1: I have to say, you know, I'm not sure adolescents' perceptions of risk are actually the role model for the rest of us. So there are known risks to using marijuana, right?
0: Right. Marijuana smoke contains 50% to 70% more carcinogens, so cancer-causing compounds, than tobacco smoke. And marijuana users typically inhale more deeply than cigarette smokers.
1: So that's like taking a toke?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I guess so. You must know more about this than I do these days. Um, So we could see a risk of lung cancer associated with marijuana use
1: down the line. Are there studies that show any of that?
0: Well, there have been studies looking at this that show an increased risk of lung cancer and other lung conditions like bronchitis. The really hard part is that a lot of these people are also smoking things like tobacco products. And so it can be hard to tease out if it is necessarily coming from marijuana versus tobacco. So we need better studies on this down
1: the line. Mm -hmm. Well, that's enough to keep me away from it. but. There's a lot of other consequences too and some of these are immediate consequences and some of these are things that are going to happen, you know, months or years later. Um, you know, marijuana, we know it impairs memory and learning, coordination it impairs and that leads to increased car accidents and then high-risk behaviors. It'll increase those because probably kids who are high are going to have less inhibitions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so and then there's certain conditions where teens are predisposed for like psychiatric illnesses. And if they use marijuana or other drugs, then this can, like, unmask those, make them paranoid and have psychosis.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of interesting studies around that psychiatric component of it, too. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because I feel like more and more people view marijuana as this no-big-deal drug and a substance that they're kind of, like, pushing away. It's natural, but I think it's really important for us to talk to parents and kids about their risks. We also see long-term risks, so we see about 17% of kids who use marijuana during adolescence develop an addiction to
1: marijuana. So an addiction, I mean that doesn't sound good no matter what you're addicted to, even mm-hmm. if it's just like like your cell phone or something. <laughs> I mean being, yeah. but being addicted to marijuana, that really impacts your life.
0: Yeah, and the amount that you're using and we know with increased use teenagers and young kids that are exposed to marijuana have altered brain development. They have lower IQs. And then they have the things that we talked about earlier, like more risk of lung disease.
1: Well, you know, I have to say the brain is one of the organs in the body that I really value a lot. Mm-hmm. So like having lower IQs, that, that's really bothersome.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So earlier you'd mentioned that the frequency of accidental ingestions in younger kids is increasing since legalization. So how common are these kids eating marijuana by accident?
0: You know, it's actually more common than you would think. Um, so this is one of the studies that I was telling you about earlier that was done in Colorado, looking at two years before legalization to two years after legalization. Mm-hmm. And they saw that the amount of kids presenting to the emergency room with an ingestion increased By two times. Wow. Yeah. And 18% of those kids that came in required admission to the pediatric intensive care unit. Mm -hmm. And most of them, about 50% of them, were due to edible marijuana products.
1: So the kids ate them and then they got overdosed on them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow!
0: Yeah. And another thing that I thought was interesting in this study was that calls to poison control, so not necessarily going to the emergency room, but, you know, parents calling in in a panic, my kid got into this, increased by five times.
1: That's a lot. That's pretty significant. And I know we talked about some of the side effects of marijuana in older individuals, but like, what about these young kids? What would we see in a child who ingested a significant amount by accident?
0: It's different than these older kids that are high after smoking one time, and it can be extremely hard for medical providers to recognize this at first. And in fact, our colleagues at UC Davis over in the emergency department have a podcast called EM Pulse, and they dedicated a whole episode to trying to teach practitioners how to identify this in younger kids.
1: So that sounds like that'd be a good resource, that podcast for um, other providers who are listening.
0: Yeah, it is a great podcast. But just to kind of give an idea for parents that might be experiencing this or providers. When a child eats marijuana on accident, they present differently because they're usually eating a higher concentration of THC. They don't know how much they're getting and they have smaller bodies. So it's a larger percentage um, that they're dealing with and their bodies don't metabolize it or break it down in the same way as an adult.
1: So that's like the same with a lot of medications that there's different doses because kids metabolize it differently.
0: Exactly. And when you eat something, Thing, as opposed to smoke it, the effects last for longer so they can be impaired for a longer period of time.
1: I kind of remember that with some other drugs too, that smoking, it gets into the bloodstream really fast because mm-hmm. through the lungs. But yeah. when you eat it, it takes a while to absorb. So then the effects last longer.
0: Yep, that's, that's correct. So some of the signs that they can have are they can be really sleepy. In medical terms, we call it a term called lethargy. So uh-huh. it's like difficult to arouse them. They can come in with being uncoordinated or unbalanced, almost looking like they're drunk.
1: That's um, ataxia in the medical terms, right?
0: Yep. They can have a faster heart rate. They can kind of look like they're floppy or they have decreased tone is what we call it. And sometimes their respiratory rate drops, so they start breathing slower. And that can lead us as medical providers not to know what's going on and put in a breathing tube.
1: So like they're on a, in the intensive care unit and then they're on a ventilator.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Wow, that's really scary for parents and providers taking care of them who may not know what's going on at first. And I imagine these younger kids that are ingesting marijuana, this is all by accident. Nobody's given it to them on purpose, right? (laughs)
0: That's right. And that study I was talking about earlier, the average age of these ingestions was two years old. Wow. And I can imagine our parents are nodding along because two-year-olds get into everything.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) So since they do get into everything, like what can we do to prevent these ingestions?
0: With everything, I think this is a combination of educating parents and changing our policies, so parents need to know the dangers so that if they have it in their home, keep it in a safe, locked, child-proof container, like the same you would your cleaning supplies under the sink.
1: Right. Or like narcotics or something like that. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And from a policy standpoint, I think that we in states that have legalized the use of recreational marijuana or even medical marijuana need to make sure that it's in child-proof packaging and kids can't get into it.
1: So let me step back a second, because you talked about like making it not reachable by kids and and stuff and I'm thinking like in the medicine cabinet or something you know really high up or all oh, but like if it's an edible if it's like candy or brownie people are gonna put that in their kitchen right
0: You would think so, but that's the part of the education is you should not have it in your kitchen you should not have it anywhere where a babysitter might think, oh here's a brownie I don't know what's in this I'm gonna give it to the kid obviously that could be extremely dangerous and then we really want to make sure that it's in childproof packaging
1: mm-hmm So could you explain that a little bit further?
0: Yeah. So right now, as the law stands in California, what leaves the dispensary needs to be a childproof package. But there's talk in progress about changing it so that 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 leaves the dispensary is in a childproof package, but not each individual brownie would need to be in a childproof package. So like you would think when people get home, they kind of dispose of that childproof package and maybe put it in a Ziploc or something. And we don't want that
1: because if if you buy like six brownies at the dispensary and you come home and you eat one brownie, then where do you put the other five brownies? Exactly. like you just, just probably put them in the on the kitchen counter or something yeah. yeah, and then a kid gets into it,
0: yeah, so we really need to make sure each. Marijuana product is individually wrapped in childproof packaging.
1: So that sounds really important because if it looks like a food item, like we said, then we know that a kid's going to want to eat it.
0: Right now in California, there are some good child safe legislation about this where they can't look like, you know, an insect or a human or like be a really bright color or look like a fruit. So that is a step in the right direction.
1: Because that's going to look like candy or something else and be really appealing for um, a child, right? Yeah, yep. Okay, so let's talk more about um, teens, because they're a group that um, they, don't, they wouldn't ingest accidentally. They know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to get high, and they want to try new things, take new risks, try new substances, and have high-risk behavior. So what have the studies shown in the teen, the adolescent population?
0: Yeah, this has been sort of an interesting area, because there have been quite a few studies looking at this, and they've shown different things, to be honest. So some have shown an increased use after legalization. Some have shown no change at all. So I think studies are still looking into this. Um, But what they have shown is that teenagers that live in states that have legalized recreational marijuana view marijuana as less
1: risky. Well, if they view it as less risky, then they're going to I mean, it just makes sense. They're going to try it more, right?
0: (laughs) Right. And that's why that's what people are saying, that they did studies like this looking at tobacco and people who viewed tobacco as less risky were more likely to use it. So I think we're headed in that direction.
1: And if it's legalized, even though you're supposed to be 21 before you can buy it, I mean, it's got to be more accessible to teens also. And so we're going to end up teens are going to use it more in, in states where it's legalized. I mean, that, to me, that's just common sense, is it?
0: Yeah, I agree are with Are we on you the well. same page I think there? we're on the same page with on this uh, one.
1: <laughs> uh, okay.
0: I also want to mention a study that closely measured how marijuana affects adolescent cognition.
1: So cognition, that's like learning and understanding the process of thinking, right?
0: Yep. And so this is looking at how marijuana affects thinking and processing in adolescence. Okay. So, adolescents with marijuana use had a 10% decrease in their working memory.
1: Working memory. What's... <laughs> what? what t- so, working
0: memory is used for immediate perception and processing of something.
1: So that means it's important for, like, making decisions and for guiding behavior in adolescence. Yeah. You know, I don't think adolescents need any impairment in in that. That sounds important.
0: No, they don't. And adolescents using marijuana had a 10% decrease in their reasoning ability.
1: Holy mackerel. (laughs) Holy mackerel.
0: Well, yeah, I think that the most concerning part of this study is that marijuana resulted in a 40% decrease in inhibitory control.
1: So that means that they're going to be more impulsive if they have less inhibitory control, right?
0: Yeah, and it will affect things like completing tasks and achieving their long-term goals.
1: Well, that's no good. I mean, because then we would expect adolescents with marijuana use to be like less successful, like in life, in school, in life, and whatever, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, not all adolescents, but the bottom line is that on average, they would be expected to have lower grades and fewer academic achievements down the line.
1: So marijuana use seems like it's almost right up there with like alcohol use in terms of concern.
0: Yeah, well, this study was actually showed that marijuana use had a stronger effect than alcohol on perception and comprehension.
1: Wow, that's really concerning. I mean, I I know there was a lot of press attention this summer about a study that looked at marijuana use while breastfeeding. And there's an article in the New York Times titled Breastfeeding Mothers Should Avoid Marijuana, Pediatricians Say. So, well, obviously they should listen to pediatricians.
0: (laughs) This is a really important study. It looked at THC and the concentration in breast milk. And it showed that THC is present in breast milk six days after a mother uses
1: it. That's a long time.
0: Yeah, and I think it puts us as pediatricians in a sort of a tricky spot because we know the effects of marijuana on the developing brain, but we also know the importance of breastfeeding and all of the benefits we get with breastfeeding.
1: So what do we tell mothers who are breastfeeding and we know that they're having marijuana use?
0: I think we educate them on what this study shows and what the complications of marijuana can be and still say that we encourage breastfeeding. We encourage them to not smoke marijuana during the time they're breastfeeding their baby.
1: That might be a tough choice for some parents, I can imagine.
0: I can imagine. But it's a conversation that we at least owe it to our moms to have that conversation with them.
1: Right. And I guess, you know, as a pediatrician, one of the concerns that we would have is that a lot of these um, chemicals and other things will affect the developing brain more than the fully formed brain. So like during pregnancy or breastfeeding, it's like even more important in terms of the potential effects of exposure. So like all things, we need more research on the subject. But in particular, could you go back and talk about uh, marijuana use during pregnancy and how it actually affects the baby or gets to the baby?
0: Yeah, studies suggest that THC can cross the placenta during pregnancy and it reaches the developing brain. We know that marijuana has the potential of harming a baby's brain development and kids that were born to mothers who use marijuana tended to have lower birth weights.
1: And lower birth weights important because as I remember, like if the lower than normal birth weight for a kid really can affect them lifelong in terms of their growth and development.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: So I've learned a lot today, but I do want to touch on one more thing. I've noticed it's really hard for parents and even pediatricians to talk to teens about marijuana use. I mean, it could be just a difficult subject. So do we have any recommendations for how parents can talk with their teens about this, make it that an easier conversation?
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Dr. Dean. And I do have some tips for parents. I think that as a parent, you need to reinforce that marijuana has significant risks associated with it. Tell your teen that their brain is still developing and marijuana may interfere with this normal development and lead to lower IQ and lower school performance issues.
1: And then we had talked also earlier about the marijuana use may result in kids developing actually serious mental health disorders and can cause addiction, depression, and even psychosis.
0: Yep, that's right. It's also still illegal for people under 21. So if the scare tactics work with your child, you can scare them saying that they have the potential to be arrested, prosecuted, and it may affect their chance of getting into college or getting a good job down the line.
1: And then safety. Also, I guess it's important to talk with teens, just like alcohol or any other psychoactive substance, that they should never get behind the wheel themselves and never drive or be with somebody driving who's been smoking marijuana.
0: And counseling your teen is important, but you also have to be educated about your own use. So like we've talked about in this episode, a lot more parents are smoking marijuana these days, um, but it's important to be a role model for your teenagers. So if you're smoke smoking marijuana in front of your teenager, you can't really blame them if they go ahead and try it themselves.
1: <laughs> right, that that would be difficult. And like we mentioned, with increased ingestions, it's also important to keep all marijuana products away from from children, including the young children. It should be treated like as a potentially toxic substance. It should be like in a childproof area, kept out of reach. And for small children, really, the marijuana edibles and drinks are going to be particularly attractive to them and therefore really dangerous, right?
0: Yep, totally. Well, I hope you learned a little bit something in this episode about marijuana and why your pediatrician may not be as liberal and progressive about this topic as some other people in your area. I want to just loop back into Mark's question earlier. Mm -hmm. So he was asking about his two teenage sons. He's seen an increased availability mm-hmm. of marijuana, which we've all seen, I think. I right. can agree with him on that. Um, and he asked, is it a gateway drug, what the effects are, and how to talk to parents? So hopefully we touched on some of those things. Is it a gateway drug? I think that with decreased perceived risks, more kids are trying it, and we're seeing more addiction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the addiction, I think that's pretty clear.
0: Yeah, hopefully he got some tips on how he can talk to them in the future.
1: Yeah, well, even with those tips, I think it's still going to be a real challenge and a a difficult conversation to have. Yep. So let's summarize some of the uh, main take home points.
0: So marijuana is more popular than ever, but there are still substantial risks to be aware of, including its effects on brain development, the risk of addiction and potential lung disease.
1: And toddlers and young children are at a higher risk of accidental ingestion, so it's important to keep these products out of the house altogether or in an unattainable location in a childproof package.
0: Marijuana is discouraged during pregnancy and breastfeeding due to the potential effects on the developing brain.
1: And lastly, it's important to talk to your teen about the risks of marijuana use and be a good role model. And if you're uncomfortable talking about these issues, you can always (laughs) ask your pediatrician, especially if your pediatrician is Dr. Lena.
0: (laughs) I'm happy to talk about marijuana anytime.
1: (laughs) And that reminds me of a joke.
0: Oh, no, a marijuana joke. Yeah. yeah. So
1: what what do mermaids (laughs) smoke to get high?
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, they probably wouldn't smoke underwater, but... <laughs> good,
1: good point. But humor me. What what would mermaids smoke? I don't know. I'm going to go with reefer. Oh, that's good. Like ocean, reef. I get it. I was going to say that they smoked weed, but like seaweed.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like that's going to end our episode today.
1: So that wraps up this episode of Two Peds in a Pod, and we would like to thank Drs. Katherine Fassbender and Julie Schweitzer from the UC Davis Mind Institute for reviewing today's topic, although Dr. Lena and I take responsibility for any errors or misinformation. And, you know, I mean, Dr. Lena would take responsibility (laughs) for that, right?
0: (laughs) If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, if you could rate it on Apple iTunes, we would really appreciate it.
1: Or whatever podcasting platform that they get our podcast exactly. from.
0: Yep, you can also find more information about this topic on our Facebook page TWO Peds in a Pod, all one word.
1: Our website is at blog.ucdmc.ucdavis.edu/two-peds-in-a-pod.
0: That's a mouthful. It's also posted on all of our social media platforms. Our Instagram is the number two peds in a pod no spaces
1: and you can follow us on twitter at two underlying peds p-e-d-s
0: and please call us we want to hear your questions our phone number is 916-915-3388
1: yeah we'd love feedback questions or any topics and you can also email us at two number two peds in a pod at gmail.com
0: thank you so much for listening and we hope you'll join us for our next podcast
1: Two Peeps in a Pod is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital.